Hey, everybody. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I've got a quick top 10 list for you. It's been kind of a crummy week for me for a couple of reasons, but this is my top 10 list of like most memorable things that happen. And I thought I'd kind of have fun with it and uh, share with it. Number 10, I wrote a political notebook column about the March 5th primary. And I talked about a couple things. Frank Trois, the highly uh, conversated, no, that's not a word, <laughs> conversated, highly talked about candidate, Frank Trois, uh, running for office. And I had a line in there about how he's raised about $6,000, I should say $6,000 in the bank. And uh, I got a lot of feedback on this line, so I thought I would share it. But I said, you know, the amount of money Frank Trois has raised is barely respectable at most uh, private school jogathons, and I, I just, I mean, I just kind of hammer that out. It was an analysis column; it wasn't a straight news story. But uh, some people told me that was a, a great line, and uh, I just thought it was funny, funny that you know threw that together. It's nice to stretch your legs a little bit when you're kind of you know used to writing news stories all the time. Uh, along those lines, number nine, uh, Janelle Osborne. Also has uh, some challenging uh, fundraising numbers. Uh, she's gotten a little bit better, but I was basically writing about how Joan Hartman very likely could win outright with 50.1% of the vote. And so um, unless Osborne and Troyce can rub some sticks together and ignite their campaign at the last minute, and that line got some uh, feedback as well. And it's sort of like, don't get mad at the journalist for pointing out the lack of fundraising. I can't walk onto the NFL field and beat Patrick Mahomes because I have good ideas on how to play football. Like, it just doesn't happen. You've got to put in the work to get there. And the victory comes not on election day. The victory comes every single day leading up to that. That's where you win it. And raising money is super important. So if you're not going to go out there to win, don't expect to win on election day. And it's just these electeds, they're trying to run for office to be like leaders in the in the spotlight. And then they get annoyed or mad with you because you like write a thing that everyone else is saying on the planet. Who cares? So you're just the one with the guts to actually write it or say it. Okay. Number eight, I covered the two-year anniversary of the Ukraine war on Saturday, downtown, corner of State and Annapamu, right by the museum. And um, it was met with uh, a protest, a disruption, uh, people who were calling for a ceasefire in Ukraine and a ceasefire in Gaza. And uh, it was just kind of got real messy because Doss Williams was the MC. He's talking, he's leading this thing. And uh, there's like an effort to sort of shout him down while he's talking. And it got really messy over two causes that kind of should be sort of more in step in, with each other, in sync. Why would you disrupt one effort to draw attention to horrible atrocities happening in Ukraine? Like, why would you do that? Give them their moment. And then also allow your moment to shine in a different setting or scenario. And I get that activism sometimes involves making people uncomfortable because they don't pay attention if you don't. And particularly, I know that the people who are advocating for a ceasefire in, in Gaza feel unheard by elected officials uh, up and down. You know, I've covered these events and 
no one's there. No elected officials is saying any. They're all not going there. And so um, I get it. They're frustrated. So they have to go to where the elected officials are and make a scene. However, um, you always got to think about your public relations, your public affairs, and is this the best way to get your message across? So that was kind of a weird event uh, that um, was supposed to be kind of a, just a, a nice tribute and uh, a recognition and acknowledgement of what's happening in Ukraine. And it got kind of unwieldy. So that's kind of on my mind this week. Number seven, I also did a podcast with the GOP uh, candidates for the Central Committee. There's a whole slate trying to tip the balance of power and um, oust the chair, Bobby McGinnis. This is crazy. This is so unusual. You have a slate of candidates who are trying to be like the Democrats. The Democratic Central Committee often gets criticized for being a machine, right? Because they go find candidates, they uh, whittle away the ones who they don't want to run, they find spots for them down the road, they network with UCSB, blah, 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 uh, door knocking, phone banking, all the whole thing. They have, it, they have it all down. And when you have the party registration advantage, you're in the driver's seat. Well, the GOP is saying, like, we got to do something different. So there's this whole slate running. So it's like this GOP fight, which you just don't really see. And so that's a really great podcast. You should check it out. Number six, speaking of, also among those three challengers who were on my podcast was Mary Hudson, Katy Perry's mother. And uh, wow, she's great, right? I'm not saying that I agree with her uh philosophies or principles i don't even know everything that she agrees but she's very kind she's very considerate um she's very classy very nice uh person uh just talking about why she believes that uh, uh she deserves a spot on the gop central committee and her plans for recruiting new talent to run for these seats so anyway, that was kind of a highlight for me, uh, not because she's Katy Perry's mom, um, I guess, you know, a little bit because of the prominence, but uh, just like incredible, powerful speaker. And as it was talking to to um, all three, uh, Kalina Estrada, as well as Cheryl Trotsky, who were on the podcast as well, just really good for me, really fun, really uh, just good intellectual conversation. So I had a great time there. Okay, number five. Okay, looking at my list here. <laughs> um Nick Welsh's column in the Santa Barbara Independent. Yeah, let's give a nod to him. He basically called out Andy Caldwell for, you know, the way Nick described it, sort of getting in the way of himself and going too far with his criticism of everything in the world and losing support among conservatives. And uh, that is pretty amazing to see Nick do that. And Nick, of course, is funny. He's a funny writer. But he just sort of talks about uh, Andy's falling out with Mike Stoker. I guess something happened on a radio show where he pulled the plug on the show. But uh, just a good reminder that you can't get anything done efficiently in life by constantly going up against the grain. You have to work with people. You have to find middle ground. You have to start with where do we agree? Start there. And then work on your differences. And that is true in relationships and life. And it is true in politics. If you're constantly the one who's the agitator just to be the agitator, and I'm not saying Andy Caldwell is always this. He does have a following. But you have to change. You have to evolve. You have to learn. Otherwise, 
you'll just become that voice in the background without any sort of credibility. And so Nick Welsh really outlines all of that, the arrogance of him. He also talks about Doss Williams, which um, has been talked about a lot already in terms of uh, the lost support among you know his uh, his allies, so to speak. Okay, so number four, San Barbara City Council really got muddled over the 1300 block of State Street confusion. They did not listen to the city administrator's recommendation to make that part of the street, that block safer. Odd, because they gave the city administrator the power to make operational changes. And then when the city administrator came back on Tuesday with those suggested changes in consultation with a variety of experts on safety, they said, we don't think it's going to be as safe as you imagine, as you tell us. So it just got out of hand. And it's like, I don't understand why there's so much confusion. Um, just you empower these staff members to be experts and do their jobs, and then you don't listen to them. And I guess it's an election year, but not everybody who disagrees in an election. So very frustrating. Watch that. Watch that meeting. Um, specifically, <laughs> number three, Mike Jordan was chair of the meeting because Randy Rouse is uh, was in Washington D.C. for a, an SBCAG uh, trip as part of his role as a member of the um, Santa Barbara County Association of Governments. And so, um, watch this clip. This interaction between Mike. Jordan, I almost said Mike Stoker, Mike Jordan and Tava Ostringer. It is ultimately her responsibility and authority to make the changes. So Title 31, in fact, has then abdicated our authority to direct the city administrator to action that would be contrary to her authority in Title 31. You cannot, the way the ordinance is written is you cannot direct the city administrator to take an action. You can direct her to reconsider and bring back something for consideration. But right. ultimately... So, pardon my abruptness, but the answer to my question would be yes, right? Okay. Thank you. So... Uh... Rude. Oh my goodness. How rude. How can you talk to the city attorney that way in public? Pardon my abruptness. Like anytime you have to say, pardon my abruptness or anything that like apologizes for what you're about to say, like, don't say it. Just like, don't, don't even go there. Uh, it is kind of rude to talk to somebody like that in public. And uh, she was trying to answer the question. She had said it previously a couple of times. You gave the city administrator your power and now you don't want to listen to them. But if you want to revisit the ordinance and change the ordinance, you can, but you can't right here. It was pretty clear. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think that's very classy to be doing that. Uh, number two, city of Santa Barbara wants to raise the water rates and the sewer rates by as much as like 40% over the next four years. Um, it feels like one of those things where it just has to be that way. There's infrastructure uh, changes that need to be made. There's a greater effort to replace these water mains that break and they leak. And there's all sorts of problems with their uh, conservation right, is is up, and that affects how much money they get from people who use water. So there's all sorts of things, and they've been putting it sort of on hold for COVID, and now it's 40%. But um, see my graphic? 
right there. Cool graphic, right? So uh, anyway, that stood out to me. Like that's going to be a lot depending on how much water you use. And it's something we're all kind of affected by. So not saying the city's bad here at all, just saying as a fact, that seems like a significant increase over the next few years. And finally, number one, I love American Idol. I boycotted the show for a few years after Adam Lambert did not win. He clearly deserved to win. He did not win. But now I'm back. I've been back for a few years. And uh, Katy Perry was apparently in Santa Barbara to uh, film on State Street and the beach and other places as part of an episode where they highlight people's hometowns. And I think this is great. This is fantastic. It looks like they did some auditions at the Music Academy in the West. From what I could tell, it looked like that building. And that's great. I love it. But I just wanted to say what I was struck by was all the beautiful pictures they showed of what Santa Barbara is. And for anybody who's watching this, who's not from Santa Barbara, and this is like a pet peeve of mine that people think Santa Barbara is about like uh, surfing and the ocean only. I'm really happy that Santa Barbara is getting this attention and visit Santa Barbara. will play it up and I'm sure it'll be a great thing for the city. But I just want to remind people that we have massive gaps in uh, wealth, right? We have uh, high rates of food insecurity. We have an exodus of the Latin X, Latino, Latina population leaving Santa Barbara because of the high cost of rents, rent increases, the purchasing of these buildings and then renovating them and then increasing the rents and people can no longer afford to live there. Um, we have high homelessness rates and I'm not like saying that that should be the representation of Santa Barbara. But what I am saying is all of that makes up Santa Barbara the wealthy, the rich, the beautiful beaches, the parts of the area which have lighting on the street and the sidewalk. But we also not need to, we need to not neglect all the other parts of this community because what makes this community run is it's working class individuals. It's the people who are living below the poverty line who are going to work every day. And those are the real people who make this community work. And I just want to acknowledge that for anyone. Don't think Santa Barbara is this wealthy paradise only it is wealthy it is a paradise but we have a whole class and community that often gets overlooked but yet they are the core of this community and so i just want to throw that out there and say that was another thing that stood out to me um, obviously i love katie perry's music and it's great that santa barbara did this but um, there's more to us than just the coastline all right. If you're new to this podcast, please hit subscribe. Visit SantaBarbaraTalks.com. Consider a contribution. I'm Josh Molina and have a great day. Thank you.